Welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly after yesterday's All-Age Stakes meeting at Royal Randwick. It was a race that promised to give us a, 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 an exciting finish and that's exactly what it did. We had all the stars lining up in the All-Age Stakes, a race that had been promoted by a million bucks, well just short of a million, it went mm. from about 600,000 to 1.5 million and that race has now firmly, mm. firmly yep. embedded itself as the end of carnival, race not to miss. Yep, no doubt. I think it was a day, it was like the end of the carnival day, but I think some of the winners out of this program are going to be the best horses out of the carnival. Right. Some serious, serious animals. Yeah. Three or four of them, in fact. And I was interested, what pricked my ears yesterday, I was doing an interview with James Cummings, he said it's been the carnival of the jockey. And I, and, and I got to thinking yeah. about it, and I thought, what a great comment. I and mean, when you think, McDonald, Bowman, Rawilla, and Clark Purton. and Abdullah chipping away. And then we had the internationals, Purton, mm. Marira, Ryan Moore, yeah. um, the Melbourne blokes. Mark we, Wand. You missed Mark Wand. Mark Tommy Wand. Mark Wand. Well, and then you've got the Melbourne, Williams, Damien Lane. Yep. He just pops over to Japan last night, yesterday, and she wrote, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, look, and then you've got, obviously, the, the four-star apprentices along the way, yeah. keeping everyone honest. It was the carnival of the jockey, and they made the show. They uh, talk about promoting p participants. Yep. They deserve the credit for this carnival because they've all been attracted Pushed. to it, and they've all delivered. Can Giga Kick get any better? He doesn't need to, well, he, but well, can he? He can after yesterday yeah. because he ticked off the 1,400 yep. metre box, which opens up so many more doors. Mm. So he's not a one-trick pony. Let's get him ready for the Everest every year in the mm. new market, whatever. Yeah. Uh, now he's got <laughs> the world's yeah. his oyster. Mm. So now Giga Kick uh, maybe goes to Brisbane and he'll be set up to come back in October. Let's go to the, uh, the replay. Let's pick them up. Uh, coming around the home turn, uh, Giga Kick was balanced and he was ready to let loose. Uh, after lost and running, uh, the, the, in the, the intention was to go out there and be positive, but he was a little bit too positive. Yeah, he grabbed the bit and charged, didn't he? So I think that made the race for the winner. And, and probably helped second and third as well. Yeah, yep. They're, they're not sit sprint types of horses. But still, 
this this winner is just um, we've we've all seen what he did at his two starts back, where yep. he's had excuses on both occasions. And then to back it up at 1400 and a fast 1400. It was really fast. And you're right, Ronnie, that set the race up for him. Because I was a bit concerned on the speed map on paper. I thought it might have got a little bit messy for Giga Kick. Yep. Um, he was obviously going to race in the second half of them, but I, where he was going to land, I was a bit concerned about. But once um, lost him running, strung them out a little bit, it, it just give every horse the chance in the race. Um, Marzu, I don't think, seen the 1400 out. He raced kindly, had every chance. He was in that awful position. I hate that position you when I was riding, chasing. Down. It's just, it's so hard. You're dragging the rest of the field up. Um, it's not where Semi Clipperton probably wanted to be, but in saying that, I don't think he's seen the 1400 out. Um, Cascading was probably a fraction unlucky. He just got inside Colding's heels there, just, just right at about the 600 metre mark, and he just had to come back and come back out around. But again, all honours with the winner. I just thought he was. He was really special yesterday. Yeah, he's very special, very special. And to think he's only a three-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, the sky's the limit. Um, I thought Zaki, looking at Zaki in the yard, he, he looked like he'd been in the paddock for a couple of weeks. Correct. He's, he had a bit of a winter coat on him. I thought, geez, I'm a bit worried about you today. You'll, you'll take benefit from this. I think he's only about 5000 off $10 million. <laughs> we should set up a GoFundMe page for him. Just get him, <laughs> get him over the line. <laughs> just get him over the line. Uh, and uh, that's a marvellous effort. To come back from 2,000 metres in yep. under a month, with Cascadian, like he come back from a mile the previous year, yep. uh, was excellent. So he's just a, they're both great warriors. And yeah. Bannersnatch run a career best, he, I reckon. He has, well he's a fit horse and he loves the Randwick 14, that's his style of race, so feather in his cap as well. Jackano just needed a, dry, a drier track, I'm yep. convinced about that. I thought he's going to burst through for a stride here, Jackano, but um, I think he's a much better horse on a top on of the ground. Track. Look at Cascadian, he's chasing one of the best sprinters in the world yeah. and he's just trying <laughs> his heart out yeah. considering his last run was at 2,000 metres. It's incredible. And I think this is why this race sits so well. You've got that group coming through the TJ Smith, it's always going to attract TJ Smith runners, but you can you can come back from the mile of a Doncaster, you can, and Cascadian, if you're the right horse, you prove you can come back from even further. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, but, that sizz offset with that lost and running situation. They've, they've walked home in 37 and a half. Mm. Yep. So it makes it easier for those tough nuts to, to out, out, out tough the sprinters. Yep. Mm. Well, it, uh, now it, it's, we just can't wait now for the rematch. No, yeah. With I Wish I Win. Oh. Yeah. And Giga Kick. Yeah. That's, that's the rematch we want. Yep. That was the great TJ Smith. But like the changing of the guard, it really. It is the changing mm. of the guard. Yep. Got the, the new. The new, new guard, the new team new, of new kids on the block. All the new kids on the block, <laughs> yeah. and we haven't even spoke about, you know, the race in Perth yesterday. So there's, there's, there's there is a new mm. team of horses. Although, Nature Strip will be back. He's yes. Give another another preparation. Good on him. Um, he is going to have a decent spell, and he'll be back as well. And who knows, you know, what other three-year-olds are going to put their hand up. Clayton Douglas has assumed his uh, position down there on the hedge. Yeah. Uh, just like. On Everest Day. Yep, no pests around him. That's no. the right way to do it. <laughs> that's his place. <laughs> that's his, that's place. his place. Yeah. That's where he will stand. You'll see him again there when it comes to the Everest. It's his lucky spot. But he walks towards the camera now as a newly minted group one, one winning winner. trainer. Yeah. And that's, that's an important part yeah. of a trainer's career. Yeah, look, he's a young man. What do you think? You know, we're in a new age. In... When you ask him the question, you know, what, in maybe in years to come, what was your greatest moment? Winning your first Group 1 race at Ramwick or was it the Everest? Yeah. It was the Everest. 
It ha well, it has to be because that that set him up, that put him on the map. Yeah. So, what does that say about the pattern and tradition? Well, it's 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 wrong. But I don't think the I don't think the Everest needs to be a group one. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. It just yeah. doesn't have to be. No, no. that's right. For, uh, so do what, you think yes, yes, yes? Struggled at stud <laughs> no. because no, he didn't right. have a group one next to his name. No. Yeah. Uh, but that that horse set him up. When we interviewed him, when he came back just prior to the challenge, how did this horse change your life? He said, "Well, I own a house now." Yeah. Mm. And, and I got and 30 he's, in work. And he's got, more, yeah. he's got more horses <laughs> in work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that has to be his greatest moment. Yeah. But there are great moments to come yeah. for this oh horse God. and this trainer. Oh, oh sure. Word. It's, uh, it could be anything. Yeah. Here he is. Yeah, I've always actually, I probably marked him as a Caulfield Guineas type as early on. Um, he was always quite a laid back sort of customer, but he was going so well over the sprint trips, we didn't have to really pressure him. But it's always a plan to go to the all age third up and. Um, Hard run the other day over the six, just topped him off nice for the fortnight between and seeing what he did today, he was back and just rounded him up like a very good horse. So, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to, to think that I've got the group one next to my name and yeah, my horse, is, he's, he deserves it himself. He's done a terrific job and, you know, for Craig to come back from injury and the way he rode that horse was phenomenal. So. Great, just a great team effort. Well, whenever they talk about Giga Kick, they're going to be talking about you and vice versa because, you know, he's your horse. You go together, he puts you on the map. Now you've got to come back and do it again in the Everest. Have you been snapped up yet? Um, not at this stage, <clears throat> but obviously there's a lot of interest. So um, obviously let Jonathan work that out. But um, yeah, I'm happy to take home the all age and I might have to go back and have a beer with Giga Kick tonight, I think, and I think so. we'll have a discussion on how good he went tonight. And everything now is just getting him back here in October? It is, yeah. Obviously, it's well noted. We want to try and win the Everest again in the spring, and um, I'll just make sure he's he's 100% spot on. There's a chance we go to Doombin for the Doombin ten, uh, Brisbane for the Doombin 10,000, but um, you know I'll, I'll have a sleep on that one, and we'll just uh, we'll work it out next week. The way he's preparing the horse, the way he puts all his energy into the horse and knowing him, He's, only have, he's a three-year-old having his night start, so it's really exciting. And it just shows you, you've got big races in Sydney, we've got people here from Melbourne supporting Clayton Douglas and his horse and Giga Kick, and it's OK for me. Um, I'm lucky enough to ride him, but um, he does all the running. Clayton prepares him, and uh, I'm lucky to be part of his journey. He was going to win a long way out. Sorry? He was going to win a long way out. Yeah. Uh, James McDonald said to me, too good you are, and when I went past him, and... He just did it so easy on a, on a day like today, first on 14, third up. Clayton's got a really good handle where he's at and he's a serious horse. James McDonald, Zaki. So brave in defeat, he's just an old marble. He's got so much upside to him, he just keeps turning up. Nashawilla Cascadian. Yeah, look, he was outstanding. Um, uh, just missed above for second, but he, you know, he's working home better than anything. He's got, got an honest. Jason Collett, Bandersnatch. Uh, honest effort in that grade. Chad Schofield, Jackano. He really disliked the track, but he's stuck on gamely. Sam Clipperton Mazu. Yeah, not sure what to make of that. He was disappointing. Reisai Sakai. He tries very hard, but he does like this ground. Very hard for him. His content's very good. Karen McAvoy Colding. Yeah, he'll benefit from the run first up at that level. Um, he, he could go to Brisbane and, and uh, feature in some races up there. Tim Clark, Rockin' Horse. Uh, she travelled well, but just didn't didn't enjoy that ground when I let her off the bridle. And Tom Aquan, Lost and Running. Yeah, the plan was always to be a bit further forward than what he normally does, but as soon as he didn't find the back one for cover, he just he just gassed out. He was he was sprinting and we were going 1400, so it wasn't going to work. Zach Lloyd, Electric Girl. Yeah, unfortunately we got the rain and doesn't go a yard in the wet, but yeah, really like her. She's so nice. Now, 
Giga Kick is favourite at $5 in front of I Wish I Win. Marzu is $8. He's been selected. He's already got a slot for Arrowfield. Now, your list here on $11. Nature Strip, Chris Waller has said he's going to stay and work and be aimed at this race. Uh, Private Eye, runner-up last year, why not? Godolphin have a few moves to make. In Secret is certainly in the mix. Amelia's Jewel will come back to. What do you make of Lucky Swayness? There is, there is huge talk that Zach Purton is pushing for this horse I to come he's, over. He's very, very good on his own turf. And I, I'm, the ratings blokes that I sort of respect say his last performance was his highest rating performance. So, mm. And he's got a lovely racing style where he could just sit on just behind that... Um, Hot speed, mm -hmm. so he, he adds interest if they if they show interest. You know mm. uh, the Hong Kong horses. I don't know, but they're going to get permission to come, or mm -hmm. I don't know what the protocols are there. But he's a, he would add a lot of interest to this race, especially mm. if Purton's talking him. Right. And, if, and we have to listen to Purton because he's ridden Giga Kick. Yeah, yeah. So he knows our form. Yeah. Uh, he, he would know better than anyone if that horse is capable of coming over here and mixing it with them. He's mm. been good. He's been a good judge. Yeah, yeah. In the, mm. You know, in the. You know, He's tagging horses, he's been good. Here's he um, Clayton's uncle, Rocket Rod Douglas. Rod Rocket Douglas, you look after the racing interests of Mr Munns, the owner of Giga Kick. He's not here today, but you'll celebrate for him. Yeah, I can do that. I'll just put it on his bill. So it was a great result. He's got plenty. Giga Kick on its own has gone to $8.7 million in prize money today. Still a three-year-old. I said to uh, Clayton during the week, he was 126000 behind Black Caviar, which is amazing. And... He emulates the, probably the greatest horse we've seen in our lifetime, so, yeah, it's great. What is it like to be on this ride? Oh, well, we haven't done this before. We've had shows and some very good mares, but for me nephew to train him, it's exciting. You're quite emotional, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Clayton, people wouldn't understand on the outside, probably thinking, oh, he's got a great horse, must be easy as ABC, but he's under enormous pressure to produce this horse at its best every time. Well, he has the horse, only on his record. The kid's done a great job with him, so... You know, this will probably create more interest for him and he's doing a good job and people will see more of him. What do you know about the future? The Everest obviously looms again in the spring. Oh, you'll have a fresher now and we'll go to the we'll go we'll go pick the money up in Queensland in four weeks and the Doombin ten thousand. Then we'll have a, a break and we'll come back and run the McHugh on the Premier. Uh, the Everest will scoop all the Sydney money up and we might even pick up the Golden Eagle as well. There you go. It's all set. We don't have to do any planning for, for the team. They've got it organised. Oh, Rocket loves that Sydney man. <laughs> he, he's a real Melbourne man at heart. He yeah. loves coming in and stealing our money and going back over the border. Oh, you've got to take a bit of any bags they're bringing with them. Bit of Brisbane money too thrown in there. Um, we'll get a Golden Eagle market, which was released this week. Uh, we'll get that up in a moment. But first, Annabelle Nisham on Zaki. So proud of him. Um, Lou Walsh, we didn't win. You know, I think Giga Kick's an absolute star. He's gone down, you know, to an Everest winner that's in form, and you know, most of that field are fit. That's his first run since November, um, and we're, you know, we're middle of May, uh, middle of April now. So, big credit to the team at home, particularly his trackback rider Raphael Marcelli. He knows this horse inside out, and he wasn't happy with him earlier in the prep, and nor was I. But I've had, had to rely a lot on him, um, on his feedback, and. You know, he's been happy with him the last two weeks. So, yeah, just so great to have him back. And, um, yeah, onwards to the Doombin Cup now. So it was East Coast, West Coast yesterday for a look towards the Everest and also the Golden Eagle. Now, the inaugural running of uh, Perth's new slot race, 
the pop-up race, <laughs> the quokka, uh, seemed to be a huge success. And Overpass, who ran in an Everest, has gone over there and taken the quokka in front of this filly out wide, the, the local star, the pride of Perth, Amelia's Jewel, who is nosed out. Uh, Overpass has taken a $4 million quokka. Yeah, well, we all know he's a great fresh horse, Overpass, and he was obviously presented in magnificent order and he was softened up in front so you take nothing away from him a great performance by horse uh, jockey and definitely trainer in bjorn uh, but this filly is was she i think she half we knew she was probably a star but i think that was her greatest running defeat yesterday mm. and to come from where she did to come from what she mm. you know and um all the shamozzle during the week with the barrier draw mm. she's end up having to drag back to last you can all overthink mm. yeah. those things so yeah. maybe if she's drawing close she never gets out so yeah. who, you, you can't substitute that but she is a terrific mare but um a oh. great result I, I think it was great for perth mm. really mm. really good I, I think they'll wake up this morning and think how good was that yeah so imitations the great greatest form of flattery mm. and I think they've realised that and they put on a really good show look as an outsider looking in and um, I think Bjorn would be calling for the Fremantle doctor there this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if, he's, if he's even home yet. Oh, imagine it. Well here he is. Great he's, country Australia. He's a great country. What about what about Perth, his new favourite yeah, city? He's turned on he's turned on Sydney. Yeah. Here he was after the race. You can imagine the scenes and also the winning rider Josh Parr. Yeah, Perth's my favourite Australian city. I've got a lot of favourites. So this is the top of the pops and uh, absolutely super. He, he's a, a great horse fresh. I, I thought my staff done a remarkable job. Bobby's been over here with him, my racing manager, Luke. I thought he looked spot on today. And uh, no, we, we scratched out of the out of the um, TJ Smith with the wet track and and the and the Ram Racing Syndicate stuck strong and, and they wanted to stick with him and I thought he was actually well suited today so now it's great going to be a big night I, I might have to get a, a, a cart out at some stage with these big lads I won't be able to keep up. I got a bit pumped up but uh, what a what a thrill to come here to WA and and take out the inaugural quokker it's uh, obviously such such great prize money on on offer and I was prepared oh, sorry I had a horse prepared for me uh, immaculately I grew with so much confidence when I saw him in the yard uh, he cantered down to the start in his usual bold self and, and when I was able to find the front on a horse that likes to dictate to his terms, he was always going to be difficult to run down and oh, thank God he didn't. He's had a very good career over pass. He's won that $4 million race. Of course, he, he beat Animo in mm. an expressway. <laughs> That's a feather in your cap. Now, the Golden Eagle, straight after Amelia's Jewel won the, northern, uh, the Northerly, uh, Peter Walsh told Simon Miller, Get, get her ready for the Golden Eagle. Mm. You know, wherever, wherever that takes you, but get her ready for the Golden Eagle. So she may well be able to go Everest into a Golden Eagle. Uh, have a look at this. Have a look at these for Oh, no. <laughs> Legado's coming back. Spoke to Ken Kelso. He's very keen to come back for the Golden Eagle. Aussie Penko, we're going to get to him later. But he becomes a, a, a big player, a springer's just waiting for him. Just that first page is just mouthwatering. We've got a second page? And, well, there you go. It's, um, it's, it looks really good. And how good is this what you need? I don't know. But so, no, he's unbeaten. Yeah, so it's a lot of water to go under the bridge, but that's looking like it's a great race mm. in such a short time. We know that. Mm. Uh, but it's 
could be one of the best ones this year. Uh, now, to the uh, the Champagne Stakes. This carnival, Chris Waller has won four, I think he won five group ones, but four of them for the first time. He won a Coolmore for the first time, a Slipper, a Size, and now a Champagne. As a trainer, he won the Triple Crown. Now, what were you thinking during the race with Militarise, Corey? I nearly had my hands over my eyes. I, I thought this isn't going down well. And not, not only was he three deep, but then when I think it was Craig Williams popped off the fence in Kintyre. Mm. He, he, he elected to go four deep. He could have had a little bit of cover there for maybe only 100 metres. I, I know if I was riding the horse, I would have given it a, a quick breather before getting into the straight. But Joe, I, I don't know whether he just he, he knew what horse he had underneath him, but I, I, it was a very ugly watch until about, I reckon, the, the 200 metre mark. And then when he started to get at the horse, it just found another gear. Mm. It made them look. It made them behind him look second rate. I agree. Well, if you took the evens, you were. It was an ugly watch. Mm. You, were, you thought you were in trouble the whole way. Mm. I don't think this is going to go down as one of the strongest champagne stakes in history. <laughs> I don't mm. think there was any depth to it at all. But I think that winner could be a very, very good horse. Mm. He's a good horse now, but mm. I mean, he's going to train on. You know how well it trains, don't mm. you? Mm. He doesn't overtax them. No. There's always a, a next step for them until they hit their ceiling. This horse hasn't hit a ceiling. He could well be a Cox Plate three-year-old. Mm. It could well mm. be a Cox Plate three-year-old. It's a remarkable thing. When you look through the form guide, you see Golden Slipper beaten 18 point something length yeah. at 100 to 1. Yes. Yeah. And then comes out and wins the next two legs. Yeah. If you don't watch the replays, you just pick up the paper yeah. and, and read those statistics. You think, what, how did that happen? Yes. How does a horse that runs 100 to 1 in a slipper come out and win the two next big ones? Yeah. Timing and preparation mm. yeah. and obviously had things went wrong in the slipper, but you're right, he was a 100 to 1 chance. Yeah, and I th yeah. well, he was an emergency, wasn't he? Yes. He wasn't yeah, actually he was, even yes. in the field. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, Chris Waller has, um, has now won every Group 1 in Sydney, bar two. I'll tell you after we hear from him what those two are. Here's Chris Waller after the race. Uh, he's brown, he's got four legs, and he's, he's got a great attitude, um, um, lovely mover. And that was about it, nothing special. We don't ask them for anything until they get to the races. And yeah, that's why it probably comes as a bit of a shock to me more than anyone. So did you think he was at any stage of size or champagne horse? Or more importantly, when did you think he was going to be? His first win was pretty special. Um, yeah, he went to the races to have a great day out and, and hopefully win the race. And, and he won with a bit of authority. That's when, to me, it showed. Under pressure, that's the first time they... You can really simulate how well what they need to be is under race pressure, and he showed that day that he was pretty special. It wasn't easy out there for him today. No, it wasn't. He was three wide. Uh, they've obviously worked out Joe's in town. <laughs> yeah, three wide, no cover. Joe didn't panic, and that's the great rider that he is. He's very special. Do you want him to stay here, Marrera? We've got to speak to James McDonald, Nash, and a few of the other boys first. We've got to. Fit I'm not him. asking them. I'm asking you. No, we've got to fit him in, but there's room for him. The beauty of Joe is he's. Um, He's an international superstar, and that's what generates interest from around the world. Um, it creates um, turnover, and it creates interest in racing. He really is a, a sporting icon and a, and a superstar, and that's what will help James just continue to go to that next level. James, James will probably surpass Joe, but James is he's still in his he's still in his infancy, and um, we're just blessed to have these types of riders riding here in the carnival. We had Ryan Moore. We had Zach Purton, we had Hugh Bowman come back. We've had the jockeys from Melbourne, from Queensland. It really has been an international carnival, and I think that's what makes everybody lift. Well, you know, 
that proves that I was sitting on a, such a good horse on the day, you know. Um, and he, he impressed me the way how he attacked the line. He deserved the win because he's a trial, and um, no doubt the feeling about it is you can't get any better. Some sort of training performance by Chris, uh, Chris Waller. He's an amazing trainer, isn't he? He just gets his horses to be able to bring their A game most of the time, and uh, I've been very blessed and lucky to be associated with such a great man. Are you staying in Australia? Probably. Tim Clark bases loaded. Yeah, he ran really well. He got a nice lead and gave a strong kick, but uh, the winner was just a bit strong for him. Brett Pribble Townsend. Well, a lovely horse. Um, he's third start, you know, he's run super. Had to cut the field up and very honest effort. Nashawilla Tom Kitten. Yeah, look, he just got involved in a bit of a scrimmage at first hundred and um, oh, just a big horse like he is. We just ended up in the spot I didn't really want to be. And uh, yeah, luck sort of never got much better the rest of the race. He's a nice horse and I'm sure he'll come back a good one. Tom Marquan, make a call. Yeah, he's running a real solid race and probably feels like he's starting to mature a bit now as well. James McDonald, Don Corleone. Yeah, he struggled to run the mile out. Craig Williams, Kintai. Yeah, he's, a, he's quite a raw horse and uh, there's a lot of upsides with him, so really interesting to see how he comes back as a three-year-old. Dylan Gibbons, peer pressure. Yeah, it just lacks a bit of maturity. Robbie Dolan, Ma Ali. She's actually a nice filly, but just not today. She's trying to deep end a little bit. Britton Abdullah, Felix the Scat. No, nah, he struggled a long way out. Um, you know, he's such a big, heavy horse, so he was no good in the ground. So Chris Waller has the Australian Derby yeah. and the Canterbury Stakes to win. Oh, well, there's a target for him. Yeah. yeah. 140, officially, 148 Group, group 1 wins. wins in his career. And uh, Joe Moreira moved to uh, 33. Uh, by the way, for Clayton Douglas, we mentioned it was his first, but just for the record, Craig Williams moved to 71. Mm. Yeah. 71 career Group 1s. Now, Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse... Um, that their horse bases loaded. He was just he melted, oh, didn't he? He, did. he was, hot, he was dripping it? wet. He was the only horse on the day that I seen sweat like he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a, a white lather there, wasn't yeah. he? So, but he ran so well. He did run well. And here is uh, Adrian on bases loaded and also Townsend. Yeah, bases loaded. Um, you know, I thought sort of going into the race a little concerned the way he paraded. He looked like he sort of may have just sort of been coming to the end of the way he sort of got so worked up. But uh, ran his heart out. It shows how sort of tough he is. He's had a great campaign. Um, yeah, tough campaign, so I uh, expect him to be better at three. Um, we'll go out now, freshen him up, and maybe race this sort of like the Golden Rose, or, you know, a strong 1400 sort of might be sort of right up his alley. So um, we'll give him a good break and sort of work out a program. Um, Townsend, you know, sort of one of the more inexperienced horses in the field. I thought he's done a fantastic job in such a short period of time. So uh, a lot of upside for him. He'll also go out and, you know, could be sort of a real Guinea Spring Champion type horse for us. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Osipenko back to the first, winning the Packer Plate. Okay, let's go right back to the first race. Very disappointing to just get five runners in the uh, Packer Plate, but the winner is going places. Yeah, look, it may have been five runners. It was a clash of two good Colts. I thought it deserved more respect than race one, but anyway, that's a. That's for the bosses to work out with the turnover and whatever they're thinking of there. But he's a he's a good horse. We know he's had a a setback coming into this preparation, so it's maybe gone to plan B. He's won two nice races and he sets himself up for a a very, very good spring, I'd suggest. He's he's always been a very good horse in the making. And I think um, just this bit of confidence uh, over the autumn is going to Doing the world a good I, come spring. I think that was a small race, but I think it was a big win because he, he, they run it to suit Pericles. Like he just, 
he, he looked like he, well, J-Mac thought he yeah. had it in the bag, honestly, but once Nash got off Pericles' back, um, he, he actually told me that he grabbed a heel there for one stride. It looked like he got really green, but he actually got off balance. Um, but oh, I think this horse has got a really, really bright future. Mm. He, he's a really but nice horse. He's better on the dry too, I reckon. Yep, but he's just, yeah. He had that one a long way out yesterday. Okay, here's uh, Chris Waller and Nash Rewilla. He knew jo uh, Joe to his inside was the one to beat and obviously James McDonald on the Godolphin horse. So he had them both sort of covered and um, fortunately he had an accelerator there when he asked at the 200. This preparation just had that interruption in the middle of it. Yeah, the, the temperature on um, Ram Guinea's morning was hard to take for my team and for the owners and we probably still haven't recovered in terms of his value if he won a Group 1 race or... When he does, his value will really go to a next level. But he's shown today that he can also run 2,000 metres. So he's been a Hobartville, Hobartville winner over 1,400 and a Frank Packer plate 2,000 metres. And um, he's ready to go to that next level. Ticked up another box today, running the 2,000. He did that nice and strong and um, you know, very happy with the way he relaxed in the run and showed his usual turn of foot, which was good. They went along pretty steady. Do you think he'd be better with a more free-flowing race? Yeah, look, I, I think... Uh, I think he's the sort of horse that he's learned his craft a little bit and um, he's come a long way this preparation. Um, you know, I guess these sort of slow run races actually probably teach him more for races as they get older than um, a hard run race, which would have suited him better. But look, you know, he's got an explosive turn of foot and, you know, he helps himself by the way he settles and, and today um, was a more than worthy winner. He's by Piero. Here's uh, the... James H.B. Cast Stakes, Alentia by Zoo Star had won a maiden at Doomben, a class one at Eagle Farm, and then was beaten at the Gold Coast uh, during uh, the Magic Millions, and then won a graduation benchmark 68 at Hawkesbury, and now she's a group three winner. It's hard to put a ceiling on her, mm. considering it looked a pretty solid field with up and comers on paper. I found it a funny race where they sort of slowed early, then quickened more or less at the 800, and then they've a few of them lost their wheels when they sprinted and then it was a bit of a, a saunter home. So I'm, I'm really finding it hard to read this race, other than the winner just keeps getting it done and the marketplace did like her yesterday. She was the only horse in the run that I never actually put eyes on, yeah. you know, like to see yeah. how they'll go and every, everything else in the run I sort of taking notice of. But well, I know the Brisbane stable sent her back to Sydney because they said abilities, her abilities much better than the Brisbane stable. Well, your eyes are, of course, on magic time. Corey. Yeah. Uh, we, when you're out the front watching the races on the big screen, you've got the luxury of watching two versions of the race. You've got yep. the lateral vision and you've also got the steward's vision the head side on. by side. So yep. if you think a horse might be uh, three wide, uh, you can quickly look to the other yeah, screen and see, well, see yeah, where that's where she yeah. is. And she had yeah. she had no favours. Joe was unlucky too. Like he sort of, uh, sorry, um, Geordie's Jordan. Charles. He was so unlucky. Like... He jumped on terms with them and probably just 50 metres too long, he sidled up thinking, you know, they're going to work themselves out and I'll sit outside Lee. But by the time he elected to come back, his spot was gone. So mm. I was a fraction disappointed in her though. I thought she could have done a little bit more myself, um, although she travelled three deep. Um, she was explosive here, you know, the week before, mm. but I, I, I was just a fraction disappointed. Uh, let's continue with the Chris Waller show. And here he is and also the Jay Marrera show as well. We've taken our time, which Denise allows us to do with her horses, and we're just starting to see the benefits now. So, yeah, I think she's quite an exciting filly, untapped, and still a long way to go. It's amazing, you can see a, a Group 3 filly emerge out of a benchmark race at Hawkesbury. I think that's the beauty of Australian racing. 52 weeks of the year, we've got something to strive for. If they miss 
their two-year-old year. They've got this three-year-old spring. They miss that. They've got the autumn, and then mix in the quokkas and mm. all these pop-up races. It's it really is the place to race horses and. And the horses are the benefit. We don't have to push them to be ready for the first day in May like they do in Europe. Um, we can just allow them to take time. And what about Joe? Do you reckon he's liking Sydney? I think he's liking Sydney, yes. I think he's off to the Wanderers watch them play tonight. So uh, <laughs> he, loves a, he loves a footy team. We've had them at the league, we've had them at the footy, we've had them down to the Grand Prix and uh, giving them a good taste of Australian life, which is probably the... Um, what we all just take for granted, um, where Joe's from in Brazil, obviously it's a great country, but I think spending a bit of time here in Australia has seen what we all talk about. She obviously wasn't doing things right in the gate, so I was a bit worried about that, but once she jumped out and put herself into the race quickly, so then I started building more and more confidence as we went through. Approaching the home turn, was a bit worried to get stuck in there, but fortunately, uh, the leader just decided to move off the fence and left a great gap for me on the inside and she just went through without hesitating, you know, she, she's got it um, and she very much deserves, she's got quality. Is she looking for further? I would say so. <laughs> Everyone, Corey's looking at Joe's uh, hands now on the reins, he's back to the trotting, yeah, the trotting style. So exaggerated, he wears the white gloves as well yeah. as Chris Waller's, you know, white reins on the bridle, so it's... It's out there to see now. We'll come back and we'll look at uh, Valana's winning the Hallmark and also the, the JRA plate won by Dye Mill. The Hallmark stakes, very important stepping stone for horses that are um, getting on with their career, they've gone on to win Group 1s. So as James Cumming said after this race, I always like Valana and maybe many of their horses. Um, a stepping stone of the Brisbane Carnival. Now, Valana went up and won the Fred Best last year and got into the Stradbroke as a three-year-old. Then he won the Silver Eagle, he won the Hunter, he had a trip to Perth, he's come back like this, Ronnie, and obviously they're setting for the Brisbane Carnival, but maybe this time, instead of um, trying to get into the Stradbroke, it'll be wondering whether he runs in the Stradbroke or not, because he'll have the 10,000 and maybe the Kingsford Smith before that. Mm. Now, they've got options there, haven't they? And he's a, he's a class horse. There's no doubt about it. I went into the meeting thinking, well, he might need a run today, and he probably did, but he's just too good. Yeah. He's a very good horse. Uh, there's no doubt about him. He's I want to make mention of Nash again. Yep. He's riding it. You know, like, I don't think we even put him on that list of yours there earlier. Yes, he was. No, he, he was. was. Yeah, he's yeah, number yeah, three. He <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but, he, but he is riding unbelievably well, Nash. Um, you know, like, he didn't get the right spot on that horse there yesterday. No. He was another one that travelled three deep. But once he's got him there, he just he doesn't try and make a, a move. He just lets him get happy. And, yeah, he's just he's putting him in the zone. And no one's getting on Volana, is it? No, um, definitely not. Well, you can hear that in his he voice. Yeah. Way. Unless he doesn't get his way, which he will yeah. all the way through. I want to make mention of Way Ha Ha Fools there. I thought he was beaten by a better horse, but I thought he was outstanding and he just wants 1,400 metres now. Uh, let's go and hear from James and Nash. It's a pretty impressive horse, you know. He's got a lot of charisma about him and uh, a, very, a very noble head. We'd love to see him on the Stallion roster one day, so it'd be, uh, it'd be great if we can target a Group 1 and pull it off. Uh, the Hallmark Stakes has been a, a really good, uh, a really good way for our fresh horses to come along and begin their uh, their assault on the Brisbane campaign. And uh, Villana has well and truly, you know, achieved that I think. Uh, and and he's he's got that Brisbane Winter Carnival written all over him. And he is a year older. Last year he got there, but now he looks a lot better. That's right. I mean, he won the Fred Best Classic uh, 12 months ago. Uh, look, he's uh, he's the type of horse that could probably go and cover four mares tomorrow if we uh, if, if we wanted to, but. Uh, 
I think he's still got a uh, still got a job at a, a task at hand, and, and he's got to keep his mind focused on the job. And we can we can manage that. It's a it's a month to the Durban Ten Thousand. It's six weeks to the Kingsford Smith Cup. They're both good races for the horse. And uh, and if he can sail through those sort of targets, then uh, look, the Stradbroke's interesting with the with the big prize money and the, and the handicap. His rating's already high enough, but that Kingsford Smith Cup I think is perfect for the horse. And uh, we're just going to make sure we've got him cherry ripe on that day. That was Plan B. Just look like I was. I had a lot of confidence, but uh, I did. I, I love this horse. He's, um, I think he's, he's, he's got bigger things ahead of him, and um, certainly you don't want a, a tough run like that first up, but full credit to him. Um, you know, after a couple of trials, he was a bit fitter than probably I rode him last time first up, so he, uh, I think he'll bounce through that run well, and you know, there'll, be a, there'll be a good race for him in Queensland. Were you ever concerned? To be honest, no. Look, he, he, he did travel in a beautiful rhythm, and Although we're sort of deeper, he was in a as good a rhythm as I could get him in and, and just try to keep him really happy. And uh, probably, if anything, I, I showed a lot of respect to the leader. Just the way it kicked, I, I didn't um, let him get too far away, which left us a little bit vulnerable late. But look, to me, horse's credit, he's, he's a, his class took him a long way. You're going to have a busy schedule, get off, and building all these new stallion boxes, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Harry Young Jones will end up in the back paddock. If he's Poor old dead, Harry. <laughs> good, good problem to have, though. Yeah, isn't good it? problem right. to have. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to this race, uh, the JRA Plate. Now, we'll pick them up before we go to uh, the arrows and the finish of the race. There's Pride of Jenny uh, taking off and setting up a, a huge lead. Now, as we watch this, I'll read Clint Payne's story from RaceNet because jockey Regan Bayless told stewards, he's riding Pride of Jenny, he was bamboozled after seeing the owner's instructions on how he was to ride Pride of Jenny in the JRA plate. He was instructed to employ, in Clinton's words, vo-rogue-like tactics aboard this horse. So he went along from the 800 to the 1600, 11.5. Then it was 11.3. Then it was 11.1. They've staggered home in 40 seconds for the last 600. During an inquiry into the ride, it was revealed the owner's instructions via text message was shared with the jockey. And David Eustace told the stewards, I think the terminology used was to lead by a big space. It was revealed that the stable's head of owner relations Gabriel Nutt showed Bayless a text message that he described as having about six different chapters to it from the mayor's part owner. It was to lead by a big space and get on my bike from the 800. I was bamboozled by it. Now, Eustace in the inquiry said if it was up to us, she would have been ridden to lead, but not in that way. I understand the situation doesn't look good. So it all goes back to the owner's instructions mm. showed to uh, Regan Bayless via a text message. Um, David Eustace said, and, and, and this is in Mitch Cohen's column, that um, he, he challenged the stewards. David Eustace challenged the stewards and said there would be worse rides. But Steve Ralton said, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> anyway, I think Bayless rode to instructions. Bayless yeah. rode to instructions. Yeah, and you feel sorry because that's not like something that Regi would do. You know, like it's not, you know, like you, when you're riding confidently and, you know, you might skip along from the from the 800, but not, not the whole race. That's just not... There's a fine line because she did, as far as pinching anyone, because she did go out a million mile an hour in the Kilmore. I know this is 2000, but it's yeah. a whole different ball game. And, that, and was she, fif that was 1500. Yeah. Good three. Yeah. This was 2000, 
Heavy eight. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I understand. Yeah, that. that. Uh, but a big performance from the winner. He'd been set for this race. Yep. It was a, a, a real test, as we just saw, and he was only third up. So he was great. So was Banker's Choice. We're to a much better run from him. Great houses, probably on target for the Brisbane. You can just pick Chris's Brisbane horses, yeah. and he's yep. on target with a better second up run. And, and there's an adjourned inquiry into to all matters with that. Uh, let's go and hear from John O'Shea and also the winning rider, James McDonald. He was supposed to have a run in the Doncaster and didn't make the field and thought that may have been the telling factor. Just sat three weeks between runs on heavy ground, but a beautiful James ride. Um, we were very wary of the second horse because he's such a great wet tracker and and you know, as James said, he got a lovely card up the rise off him. Yeah, but that last 200 metres, Diamil wanted it, and it looked like he was the fittest horse out there. Yeah, I think it's just a, a testament to his ability more than you know our capacity to prepare him, and, and his capacity to handle heavy ground also helped him. A couple of uh, group races um, at 2,000 metres here at Randwick now, Summer Cup and a JRA. So what's next? Oh, we. This race has traditionally been a good guide. I was just saying to the Queensland Carnival, and, and you know, if you go through the history of horses that have performed well in this race, they've always gone to Queensland and run well. Mm -hmm. and, and so we, we'll probably take him to uh, the Hollandale and then the Dooman Cup. It felt like it, especially the last furlong when it was a bit of a slog fest to the line. And, um, he dug deep, our little fella, and he's had a really good preparation for that, and he was obviously prepped up for that sort of performance. And, Good to get a result. The last furlong, were you always confident on being in Banker's Choice? Um, not really. <laughs> we, were, we were slogging away a fair way. I was lucky I had Banker's Choice to, as a target, and because um, I reckon if he got there, he would have just floated a tad, but he did a good job. All right, we'll come back and show you the highway, the midway, and the uh, two other benchmark races on this Randwick program. All right, back to uh, the highway now, and this was a reward for pre-entry. Yeah, and he deserved a change of luck. The only query was he was the wet track, but he got through it well. Um, got the lovely run through, and uh, like I said, he's he'd been threatening to win a highway, and he can win another one. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. He can he could easily put two together. Listomani was good, and Chase the Crown was solid first up, but uh, he he's a nice horse. Corey, yeah. this this was Zach's fiftieth winner of the season. Uh, He's 50th Metropolitan yep. in his career, so he now drops from two kilos to one and a half. Yep. He's, he's the short price favourite to beat Schiller and Gibbons in the Apprentice's title, but it's still going to be a very interesting it's, race all the way to the finish. It's still a good race, and especially this time of year, yep. coming on winter, like um, obviously all the big boys will head to Brisbane, and yeah, it's there for the kids taking. Only the second jockey to get to 50 this century, the other one? Ty England. Ty England. Mm. Um, all right, here's the midway, and it was May Rose who, Corey said, oh. looked brighter and looked more on her toes when she walked into the yard. I think Ronnie hit the nail on the head, taking all the gear off her and just leaving her alone. But she, she did. did she, good, did she? Yeah, she walked into the yard. She, she basically owned the yard when she walked in there. Um, another good ride by Tommy Sherry. Good, very good ride. Yep. All the big dames got the job done, but yep. he... He didn't look at the tote board there. He gave yep. himself every opportunity. He rode it like a golden slipper favourite. Yep. Uh, Tamer Lane wins again. Flying. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious flying. I didn't think he'd get anywhere near the easy lead. I thought there was a lot more pressure in the race. Um, but Zach, he let him run quicker. And he yeah, still did the job. he did. And he, he was stronger on the line. You know, he's, he was stronger on the line than what he was at the top of the straight. He was, he's going great guns. Mm. 
There was a few there, probably one run short around that second division there, but uh, Horse did sit in the zone. I thought he was gifted it the other day, but you can only win, and yep. he keeps doing it. By gee, they cheered here <laughs> in the last one. A favourite win the last I think that's two weeks in a row. Two in weeks in a row, yeah. And they, you can hear them. Yep. It's more than a group one. It's the favourite in the last, and yep. up the fence comes Joe. Yeah. And boy, this is a better, this is a better than a benchmark 88 horse, this fella. He's matured, and Chris has had him for a little while now, and he, he's going to nurture him into a group horse, this fella. Not that no other jockey sued him before, but I think Joe sued him well because he got, he got him into a midfield position, because uh, he's normally like back near the, you know, the cab catchers, but he, he got him in the midfield, midfield position, but travelling really, really well. That was the key. He drew soft, um, got into a better spot. That's good. Um, this Mautai, Casey's got him going good now. He's got a really good chance in this upcoming Archer, I reckon, and the way he's going. And he's just turned the corner completely with his manners and, mm. and consistency. All right, we'll uh, come back to wrap things up after this. Okay, let's uh, have a look at the two features in Brisbane because things are going to get serious up there all of a sudden. Uh, this is the Daybreak Lover, a listed race over 1,400. Trent and Toby Edmonds train the vowels. The widest runner, but Bullycob in front. A length and a half clear from Cranky Harry. Running home as Wolverine weaving through Brookhaven and the vowels down the outside is being wide, but he runs home strongly. Bullycob, the vowels out wider. Wolverine between them. The vowels and Wolverine the inside. Bullycob, the vowels in front. Big win. The vowels from Wolverine. Bullycob. Not sure. Well, now to the other listed race, the Ascot Handicap. Now, this is Jimmy Orman again. He took the uh, stakes double yesterday. This time, on Prince of Boom. Prince of Boom, third zoo style looming up, centre fire Garibaldi further back to Bell down the outside but Prince of Boom still in front, second Rothfire, third zoo style, late Garibaldi the centre fire's out wider but Prince of Boom's kicked away, three lengths in front it's all Prince of Boom in the Ascot and Prince of Boom, brilliant second Rothfire, third centre fire followed by a photo. Very, very impressive he goes now to the victory stakes in the 10,000 and Rothfire he'll go victory stakes Kingsford Smith. Yeah, and he handles all types of going. Uh, yeah, he was very impressive, wasn't he? Uh, let's go and hear from uh, John O'Shea now. Uh, we're going to have a look at some of the horses, some of the trainers setting their horses for next weekend Saturday Metropolitan Meeting at Hawkesbury. Here's John O'Shea. John O'Shea, you've got Birdebeck going to the Hawkesbury Cup. What sort of shape is the horse in? He's great, you know, he's rising 10, um, but he's a happy horse and trial really well. He was very unlucky in this race last year by Hugh's own admission um, and he's got a victory in a, in, in a rolling mile at, at, at Hawkesbury. So, um, you know, he's a horse that probably needs to draw a gate but um, on the strength of the way he's going, he can be competitive for sure. Couple going to the Guineas as well? Yeah, we need Hell uh, I Am just to put his hand up a little. He hasn't had a, bit, a lot of luck in, in his first two runs in terms of where he's been in running. So. Um, we're looking for him to bounce back, get a set of blinkers this week and we'll probably, if the ground's okay, we'll probably run Avery. We'd, we left her at home today because it was too heavy, so she's a, mare, a filly that's going really well, um, just needs a, a drier track. So um, we're, you know, two nice chances if they can put their hand up and perform. And Peter Snowden is always a big supporter of this Hawkesbury meeting. Peter Snowden, what's the stable's likely representation in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup and what do you think of their chances at this early stage? Yeah, well, it's, uh, we'll have uh, dinners will be there for sure. We, we held her back from the carnival here. I reckon she only wants a mile and then we kept her fresh. Fresh form is very good. 
and a track like Hawkesbury suited down the ground. Another filly in Melbourne now, a horse called My Whisper. Uh, she's another one that won four, she won eight out of, out of uh, 12 races, so she's a pretty handy filly. But um, not sure about a, a Sydney form, but a Melbourne form is very good, but I'm going to bring her up and give a crack at a second up. Both fillies will probably take their place there, but confident they can both be competitive. And the Kieran Maher, David Eustace camp also represented. David Eustace, the stable, will have a runner in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Yeah, we will. Um, floating Artists ran very well at Bendigo two weeks ago and um, has come up to Sydney and we'll have a gallop early next week. And um, we'll use that as a stepping stone to Queensland and the carnival there. But, um, you know, he, he'll be very competitive in a race like that. And also Anthony Cummings. Anthony Cummings, you've nominated Caesars Palace for the Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Will the horse go to the race? Uh, at this stage, the intention is to go there. Um, with a horse like him, we've got lots of options. And uh, there's the Tamworth uh, race the day before, which is uh, a qualifying race for the big dance. Uh, certainly, Hawkesbury is better money, uh, and it would be a nice race to win for him. And, and he's, it's in his distance range and, and fits. So, you know, quite a few options for him, but really pleased with the horse. Uh, and uh, at this stage, the world's his oyster. Uh, and it was great to see Tracy Bartley yeah. back at the races yeah, there yesterday. He, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, here in this interview that Greg Pritchard uh, did with Tracy Bartley, but he had some uh, horrible injuries after being kicked by a horse. But it, he was there yesterday and he's looking in great spirits. Tracy Bartley, first day back at the races after a horrible accident. Yeah. Tell us what the damage was and how it occurred. Yeah, look, it was just one of those unfortunate things. I, I was rugging two horses in a paddock and... Um, we probably get a bit complacent as we get a bit older, but I, just had, I rugged the first one and then hunted her away and then I was rugging the next one, but unawares to me, the other one went to kick the one I was rugging and uh, it just left me exposed and I copped a lot, double-barrelled and busted all my insides, you know, so we've had a couple of stints put in and a couple of little um, coils and stopped bleeding internally, and, um, but uh, look, it was two weeks in hospital, solid two weeks and... Uh, Thank God, uh, Royal North Shore Hospital, you know, because, uh, uh, well, basically, I saved my life, you know. So, But I'm all good now. It'll get stronger and stronger, and um, that four days this week back at the track, so it's good. There's not much of you, of course, but you made a stern stuff. Oh, yeah, no, it's what it is, you know. It was just an accident, and the horse didn't mean to kick me, and it was just trying to kick another horse, and that's what they do. They're, they're a protective sort of species, and um, I just happened to get in the way, you know, the wrong spot, the wrong time, and... Uh, but I'm sure I'll be right. I'll get back to it and um, hopefully get a winner. He'll be right. He's had bigger battles. <laughs> yeah, my word. It's, uh, the doctors are amazing what they can do these days. All right. Hawkesbury next week. Can't wait. Hawkesbury. Socks on or off? I, I saw that I'll back off yesterday. Yeah, back. Well, the better weather, see? The better weather. Well, since I'll be back on for Hawkesbury. Not only did he have <laughs> socks on, he had a scarf on for the last. Yeah, he got that cool. I know. Um, <laughs> and then we come back to Rose Hill for a benchmark meeting after Hawkesbury, and then Gosford for the coast, mm -hmm. and then Scone for the two days of the carnival. Yep. yep. So more feature racing uh, still to come in this, uh, this autumn. Uh, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you at Hawkesbury next Saturday.